How you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm actually just taking a break from working. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, so we'll get right into it. Uh, this is the Let's Build podcast. Um, so tell us who you are, uh, where you're located, and what you do. All right. Well, my name is uh, Pat Jamison. Uh, I go by Jamison these days. Um, I'm from New York, but I'm located uh, in LA now for about five years. Um, and I'm an art director, recording artist, you know, songwriter, creative in general. <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. Uh, there's, there's two things that, uh, that stood out to me when you said that. That's really funny. So I lived in LA for a month, which is hilarious. It's a great story that I tell people because, you know, I always tell people, I like kind of brag and like, Oh yeah, I lived in LA. And then like the punchline is for a month. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, I went out there with like with no job at all, um, and you know most people do, and uh, it's just it's just funny how uh, you know like some people they go out there and you know my friends all said you know you you last you're gonna last out there a month, and I think they all had like over unders on it, and yeah. uh, most of them that had the under one, but it's it's impressive that you're out there for five years, um, so congrats on that. But uh, the other thing that stuck out stood out to me that you said was um, you know I I've followed you for a bit now, so like I know that you know, you've done the music thing for a while. Um, and that now you're doing the graphic designing pretty heavy, but, um, you know, you said you're art director, you know, designer, like, uh, I mean, recording artist. uh, something that I always like to ask people that's super interesting to me is like the, the party or the, the barbecue conversation, as I like to call it. Um, you know, when you're, when you're at like, um, like a social gathering, whether it be, you know, like a, a family picnic or like a bar, you know, uh, and people ask you what you do. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of an odd answer to give. Um, people, I feel like, uh, cause you know, most people are saying like, you know, accountant or like cookie cutter jobs like that. But, but what do you usually say? Pretty much the same thing you said before. I mean, yeah. So like, it, honestly, it's always, um, been hard to answer that question maybe up until the past two years, because you feel cons- compelled to tell them, you know, in the past, maybe I'm a recording artist, but then you're like, well, but that, I mean, it pays the bills, but it doesn't pay all of them. And so, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I'm almost, you know, discrediting the people that really do do it for a living by saying that I do it for a living because I'm one of those guys that I don't like people who walk around and like say that they're one thing and they're not. So I, honestly, over the past two years, I really have owned, you know, on to the like the creative art director, um, you know, creative manager, creative consultant. I mean, whatever you want to call it, you know, these days we keep reinventing new positions, you know, and creating our own, you know, niches. but that's probably what I say most of the time is like a creative director. Yeah. Isn't it funny too? Like how, you know, you could be at like a family picnic with like, you know, older generations and then mm-hmm. how that answer differs from when you're at like, say like a, a party with like people your age or like a bar or something like that, that yeah. understand it more. Yeah. I mean, the thing is what's crazy is, is that when I tell people, I mean, they, I guess they, they say, Oh yeah, like that, that's great. But then I guess sometimes there's a disconnect where they don't realize maybe what it entails that I do. Like they'll be like, Oh, that's dope. So what does that a person do? Like, that's more the question I get a lot. Like what does a creative director do in your industry? Like we know what they would do say at a corporate company, but like, what is it to you? You know? And so sometimes that can vary because, you know, I like doing all sorts of things. So creative direction for me is anything from branding to, I do photo shoots to photo editing, to animation, to mixing animation and editing together. So it's like one thing I'm really preaching to kids now is like, stop just doing one thing. You know, everybody, we're in the day and age where 
you know, the kids who are really getting bags and the kids who are really making money aren't just making money going to work every day. They have nine different businesses. They have a YouTube channel. They have an Instagram channel. They have a cooking channel. They have all these things that are bringing in revenue all at the same time, every day. And they all have their different different niches. So again, like it's the future, I feel like to be, you know, the more well-rounded and the more skills you have, you know, you're just going to be invaluable to certain people. Right. And isn't it crazy? Like, I know you come from a music background and like I do too. And uh, we kind of had the unfair advantage that, you know, you kind of had to wear like seven different hats when you're doing mm-hmm. music because, you know, like you can outsource everything, but you know, when you're trying to make music, I mean, the money's key. So it's like, yeah. you, know, you have to, you have to learn how to do graphic design. You have to learn how to do, you know, your own marketing, your own video editing, your own web design. Like, it's crazy how many hats you have to wear when you're doing like it's the music thing, especially. And like, you see it now with like people that are trying to do like the whole entrepreneurship thing and vloggers like you know you kind of have to just teach yourself everything unless you like have a ton of money and you could outsource but yeah most of the time you know you have to learn that stuff of course and you know what the thing is is that most kids don't have the capital and that's why i incur i mean i came from an age where luckily i've been doing this before you know like photoshop just wasn't something that everybody had back you know, when I started like maybe 10 years ago, like it was like, you know, 400, 500, $600 program. Like if you wanted to outright buy it and like, you know, kids didn't get that, but if you went to school for it or you had a class that you could download, you know, you could start using it. And you're like, you said, like, that's exactly right. I started learning how to record myself. I started learning how to do my own artwork, how to do my own merchandise because I saw kids spending a fortune, you know, and, you know, sometimes just because you spent money on it doesn't mean that it comes out perfect or that it works. So why, why get a video, you know, done at A grade when I could get a B plus video for free, you know, and about like, and, you know, and I used to say, yeah, maybe it's not the best quality or maybe doing it myself may not be as good as if I had hired a super professional, but the money that I'm saving, I can put in other places and I can do other things. So it always worked out for me. Yeah. And that's another thing too. It's like, um, aside from that, like, you know, paying more and outsourcing for more, you know, like I had a little small studio set up at my house um, that like, you know, wasn't obviously as magnificent as the the bigger recording studio in my city. But at the same time, the the chemistry that I had, like, you know, just working at my own house, my own vibes and everything like that, you know, the, the recording quality might not have been, you know, as good as if I was at the studio, but at the same time, my takes and like all my recordings and stuff like that, like just sounded way better to me. So like, there was a big sacrifice there, but like, it was just comfort level. Like, when you outsource every time, you know, you work with a new video guy every time, it's like, you can't build that chemistry up and Uh it it results. And even if they have the best equipment, you know, like it still might not come out as good because you're just not vibing with them like that. Exactly. And many times, you know, I thought about it and I looked at a guy and I say, you know, this guy was really talented. Maybe I'll have him do it. And then I think, but you know what? I feel like I could do what they do. And I never meant that as like an insult to people because, you know, taking credit away from people that have practiced. And, you know, I always have been a person that can like admit, you know, where I lack skill and where I don't. But one thing I will do is I will continue to get better. So they may see me in five years and I may be better then, you know, like after many, many years of practice. But I was always a guy who okay, if I can't edit, like the one thing I can't do is edit or one thing I can't do is produce, like watch out, you know, three, four years I'll produce, I'll have a record, you know, with some artist that I really, you know, trust me, my creativity or whatever. And then I'll pursue that lane. Like I'm a guy who really thinks I can do anything creatively 
because I feel like it all stems from the same place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. To learn the skills and do the, pra- the practice time, which is what the thing is, is everybody talks and talks and talks and talks and nobody practices. Nobody sits there getting better. They kind of want to skip the process. They want to go on YouTube. They want to find a shortcut. They want to find an app that does the plugin for them rather than just learning the fundamentals. Because what you don't realize is once you learn maybe the 50 to 100 fundamentals in design or whatever – you, it allows you to do a thousand things. You know what I'm saying? Like you oh, don't yeah, need to know sure. every tool in Photoshop. To this day, I'm self-taught and I still don't know that some of the functions in the Adobe suite and what it does. You know, like every once in a while, I'll run into another designer, they'll show me something and I'll be like, holy cow, like what the, f-? you know, I didn't even know that that was that easy. But it, that's what happens when you're self-taught. You kind of get into some bad habits, but at the same time, you're so comfortable recording yourself, you know, you know, designing for yourself, whatever, that it just becomes second nature. And so you realize, oh my God, I'm making everything for myself. I'm saving myself so much money. Why don't I just keep doing this? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the whole self-taught thing is something that um, I am as well. Um, And, you know, uh, you know, it's crazy because like, you know, degrees aren't going to mean as much. And like, I don't think they do now, but like, especially in creative fields, like I don't think degrees are going to mean as much in the next five years when it comes to these kind of jobs. Um, you know, it's all going to be portfolio based. And I think that's huge, um, to not have all that student debt and to teach yourself, even if it is the most practical methods, like, you know, getting from A to B, getting from A to B might be different from someone who has a degree in graphic design, but at the same time, you know, I don't think it matters as long as the product's there. Yeah, of course. And like, I do think it depends on the teacher, you know, the people that, you know, teach you, but I do get a lot of kids nowadays, especially like in my DMs asking about, you know, pursuing it as a professional career. And one thing I do tell them is save your money. Like I know that people's parents, you know, want to tell them and, you know, they probably want to kill me like hearing me say this, but don't waste your money going to school for design. There's free people, you know, online that will show you how to do the basics The rest you can do yourself. You can learn how to do Photoshop, Illustrator, Final Cut Pro, all those things. Go to school for something that's going to help implement that. So what I would say is if you want to go to school, learn how to do all the the skills outside of school and learn marketing in school. You know, like that, like one thing I will say is even though it was a curse for me being in school, trying to pursue music and creative, you know, career it does put a bo- put you in a box because you have to do your grades and you have your classes and stuff. And that's why I dropped out because I just couldn't handle both. And like, yeah. I believe that you truly can't be successful at something until you dive in. There's no safety net. There's no, oh, well, I'm just going to do this as a backup. Well, there's kids out here who aren't eating, you know, ready to spend their last dollar in the studio. So I need to make up for that by working twice as hard, by giving up certain things. And I just eventually got tired and said school, you know, as great as it was. And I learned some skills, you know, I honestly feel like it was more hurting me than helping me. And so some kids are like that and some aren't. So it really depends on how you are. But if you feel yourself like in school, like, fuck, I really don't feel like these guys are teaching me what I need to know. And you're, and you're dedicated enough to sit at home and learn and study it, then to do, do that and save your money, <laughs> period. Yeah. And I mean, like I always, I was in the graphic design, like right before I, right before I got out of uh, high school. So like yeah. the thought of going for graphic design always was like in my head, but like to me, I just like, I don't know what they could teach me. Like you can't teach in my, in my opinion, like if you're artistic, like they can't really teach that. Like they could teach yeah. you the programs on how to use it and stuff like that. But 
I feel like you learn more just dabbling on your own and doing projects yeah. that you like. So like me being in music, you know, I was messing with like album artwork and yeah. just things like that that I was into. But like, you know, if I'm doing a project out of a book, I'm not going to get as much out of it in my opinion. I'm not going to screw up as much because I'm doing like easy, easy projects. Like I pushed the limits in the beginning and it helped me learn. Exactly. And obviously, you know, if, if you had been working on it or, you know, you trained, did self-taught and then you go to a class like I've tried to do once or twice, you walk in and like no offense to the instructor or anybody, but I'm like, you know, what this guy's doing, man, I could do, you know, a hundred times better than this. You know, I shouldn't be paying money to come here. You know, like it's almost like, right. you know, and it, it's like, damn, you know, you're not going to go, you know, Steph Curry's not going to go try and get shooting coach from a high school varsity coach. You know, like, it's just like, it doesn't really matter. So I luckily, when I was in high school, I had the music connections. So I got those bigger clients, like without having to do that hard time of grinding of them finding me, which was probably, you know, a slick way to transfer my career, you know, like, cause I was just like, shit, I don't have a college degree. I want to be in the creative field. Being the front guy isn't necessarily, you know, in the cards for me right now. Labels really want me to do this pop thing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I want to be this kind of like grungy, you know, tattoo rapper type, you know, creative guy. And they just, you know, we weren't agreeing. So I just was like, you know what, maybe I'll just stick to what I'm good at. All these artists hit me up all the time to do these cover arts. And next thing you know, I have 30, 40, 50, a hundred. And I'm like, wow, I have a lot of kids that want to do this. So that's why like in the past two years, I was like, let's go a hundred miles an hour at it. See how it, you know, see how it goes. And like, since then it's just, it's gone faster than I could even imagine. <laughs> so it's like, it makes me feel like it was meant to happen or something. <laughs> That's dope. And I mean, did you like just rewinding a little bit, like how, how did you end up getting into music? I mean, like, you know, you hear a lot of stories of people, you know, I've been playing piano since I was two, but like, yeah, I feel yeah. like more and more, you know, you, you don't hear that as much. People are getting into it later, but what's like your story with music? So, so music, it was crazy, man. Uh, I always tell people this, you know, the story is kind of like a funny one. I started a music group. Uh, I love music always. So I've always loved music and movies. So one thing I always was like, how does a human make this? You know, like how does somebody go into a studio and make the sounds that make us all so happy just off of thinking it? So I, I really like loved that process and was like, well, what happens if I made my own song and blah, blah, blah. So years later, maybe I'm 13, 14, I start a rap group with a bunch of friends. Um, they're all, you know, my homies and we all kick it. We all rap just joking around to songs and stuff in the car. And finally, we're like, let's make a rap group. So fast forward another couple months, we record a couple songs and I'm trash, man. Like I'm telling you, like I tell you, I was terrible. Like it was terrible, terrible. And my friends are like, Hey man, everyone's making fun of us because you're pretty trash, you know? So we're going to have to like not record with you anymore. So I was like, wow, y'all are my friends. Like, and you're telling me like, I'm so bad that I can't even be on the song. So me, I'm a very, very competitive person. Like I'm an athlete, you know, all through high school, like all through in the beginning of college, like I always compete. So I said, okay, fine. I actually started music in spite of people, not even because I liked it. You know, like it was just because I wanted to prove someone wrong. And so I said, well, watch this. I told my mom to buy me a mic, a really nice mic at the time for my birthday. I used every dime that I got for my birthday for this one gift. I recorded for like five months and I didn't show anybody. I just would literally just, you know, kind of practice in my room, you know, work on my craft. And then what do you know, like six months later, I was getting pretty good, like writing songs every day, you know, as a kid, 
you know, and you record in three, four a night, you know, you start to get, you know, a habit, start to know how what good stuff sounds, you know, whatever. So I finally dropped one on Facebook when Facebook had literally just came out in my school. I dropped it on Facebook and all my school was like, there's no way that this is you. Like, there's no way. This is good. Like, this is real good. Like, you, we're sorry that, like, we said this, blah, blah, blah. So I came up with the name Solo because I went solo. Like, I was, like, low-key. Like, they left me kind of, like, by myself in a band. You know, you go by yourself. And so I said, fuck it. That'll be my name. Yeah. And I literally right ran on. with that through music blogs. I met John Kilmer, who does videos with Mike Studd, and I did the whole frat rap thing and opened for tons of artists that you know that I look up to. And like all through that, got me out to California. Um, my senior year, I was offered a pub deal, you know, like where I could go on tour, get paid to make music. Um, you know, I went on uh, tour with Aaron Carter back in the day. I made a couple records with him. We were on satellite radio. Like, it was, like, really dope. And it's just, like, being out in L.A., you know, you get a chunk of money. You blow it all because you think you made it. You know, it's a little bit of change, like, in the grand scheme of things. But being a young kid in college, never earning, you know, a lot, I'm making money, you know, doing making music. I'm getting on planes. People are paying me for appearances. Like, it was really cool. But I just couldn't keep up with the finances. And I'm like, damn, like right. you don't realize how much artists really need to make to literally just go to the studio every day and work. Like you need to make records. Oh, yeah. You know? And so I would say on the side, hey man, you need your album art, blah, 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 like a couple hundred bucks here, here, a couple hundred bucks here, there. And next thing you know, I'm I'm switching full time because it's like, why would you stop something that's bringing in bread? So next thing you know, it's like three clients a week, two clients a week, next to five clients, you're like, okay, like maybe I should just put the music down for a second. Maybe this is my destiny. So I'm thinking how many artists have taken the backseat first and then become a big artist later, or they become a huge executive producer, or they become bigger, a record label owner, and they become a mogul. You know, like there's Jay-Z is one of my favorite examples. Yay to, you know, it's cliche, but the dude didn't even get his shit together until he was 27. You know what I'm saying? And then he starts his own label. And now he's the first, you know, street guy that's been self-made to billion dollars, you know? So like, that's kind of like my motivation is like, I want to be richer than the rappers. Like I want to be, you know, running the music industry, not just in it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I used to think maybe like, Oh, I want to be a big artist. I want to be this, but they're artists are only around for four to five years. You know, as great as I like my music, I know I'm not an icon. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not an icon as far as music goes, there's a hundred other kids I'd pick before me and I actually think I'm pretty good. So I think, Hey, maybe my place is this role. Maybe I'm the next, you know, Scooter Braun. Maybe I'm the next guy who finds the next guy, you know? And like, so I kind of got comfortable with that role. And since I got comfortable with that role, it just seems like everything I ever wanted is taken off. And I'm working with all the artists that I couldn't even get into the room with them when I was a freaking artist. So it was, it's really crazy how life works. It is seriously. And like you, you know, you, you learn to like love that, that angle. And another crazy thing is too, is like, you know, when you're making music, um, solely making music and not, you know, not doing the graphic stuff on the side for other people and stuff like that. You know, when you're solely making music, you, it almost feels like it gets to a point, at least for me. And I feel like it does for other people too, where it almost feels like it's, you know, pressure, like where, you know, it almost takes the fun out of it that you enjoyed in the beginning. But then like, you know, when like now you have so much other shit popping off that like, you know, you, you go and like, you go to record music now and like, 
now like your graphic and design stuff is like probably number one but when you go to work on music it's probably so much more enjoyable again because there's all that like less pressure on you oh absolutely and the thing yeah that's exactly kind of why i teetered away from the music a little bit was because people just envisioned me as a different person like and it wasn't you know this is a common misconception like kids start to grow they start to change and and even my name like i was going by pat solo and it was like i was been pat solo since i was 16 17 and next, you know, I, you know, I'm 22 now and I live in LA and I dyed my hair and I have a you know, beard and tattoos and I, I'm different and the name doesn't really fit me anymore. And, you know, I know everybody goes through like maybe one name change in their career, you know, or whatever. And I was just like, you know what, I've really stuck with this name for a really long time. And I just don't feel like I would change it if I felt like, you know, even if I felt like it still represented me, I just didn't feel like it represented me at all. And so I'm like, maybe, and maybe I was trying too hard. Maybe this whole time I should have just went with what my name is. My last name is Jameson. And like, I, I was at a record label meeting one time with Interscope and they were just talking to me about my situation and stuff. And I literally said to one of the guys, you know, he said, what's your real name? And I said, my real name is Pat Jameson. He said, Jameson, that is like the coolest name ever. Why don't you just make it? We live in the world of one names now where names can be iconic if you have Drake, you know, like just one word. He's like, I never heard of Jameson except for the liquor. So you and that, like, why don't you just run with that? So I started running with that. I created this new alter ego, basically, of I'm this behind-the-scenes guy. I will make your favorite artist's favorite song. I write for people you don't even know. You know, I do cover arts for artists. I do, And basically when people are like, what do you do? It's I just look at them and I say everything. And even if I don't do it, I'll tell them I can and I'll learn overnight. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I don't sure. care. Like, I, my goal is to be like Gambino. I got a shoe. I got a freaking, you know, show. I want to be in the show. I want to have an animated Netflix series. Like, I have so many things I want to do. This is just the road I'm going to get on to take me to all those other roads, you know? Yeah, no, it's funny you said that too about like, you know, like I, people come to like me, they used to come to me all the time and be like, yo, can you do this? And like, you know, knowingly, I, I know I can't. I said, yeah, because that would pressure me and corner me into learning. Yes. Um, I've done that so many times and it's a great, it's a great way to learn for sure. Just never say no to anything like that. Exactly. Cause it's that pressure that makes you, you know, cause you're probably not going to kick your own ass if you don't have that pressure, you know, like, so that's what I kind of do yeah. myself on a daily basis this, this pressure that maybe doesn't even exist, you know, but just like, Hey, listen, remember when we were right here? Remember when we didn't have any money right here? Like, and remember how we would just sit here and act like there's nothing I could have do, done. Well, now I can't, I could sit here and I could do this and I could work on this. And like, that's what motivates me. I make up like this fake pressure. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. One thing you said before that, um, I thought was super cool, especially at like a young age, you said like, you know, when your mom bought you the microphone for your birthday, um, back when you were like in high school or whatever, um, you said you used to make like couple songs a night and like you would just wait and release like I never had that restraint where I was able to like there's so many songs that like and by the way my first rap name was way worse than yours mine was bandana and I was just this you know white kid from this like you know suburbs I was making music and it was just my nickname for some unknown reason that uh my friends came up with and um but anyways uh, I was never able to hold on to music like that you know it's, it's super tough and it comes into the whole um, you know, quantity versus quality type of thing. Yeah. Um, but that's super impressive that at a young age, you, you had that intuition to, to hold on to music, you know, just because you wanted to one up your last song. And like, they always say you're only as good as your last song. So like, that's totally dope that you did that from a young age. Well, I knew, see what I understood at an early age is I knew that people are shallow. 
it sucked. Mm-hmm. I knew people were shallow, and I knew every every kid's instinct is to make fun of you first. You know, like it, it, just because they're jealous or they're you know whatever. When we're young, when we're older, we start high school. High school's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> you start to see. And so the beginning of high school, it was a lot of jokes, a lot of people making fun of you, blah, blah. But when they start to see the progression and they start to see you getting traction elsewhere like another town over even where those kids don't know you as well so they're not judging you and they're just judging the music there it starts to like get this snowball effect where they're like well we don't want to be the one people that think he's not cool now you know because everybody's saying that it is cool now so maybe we'll just switch and at that time, obviously, you get all. That's why every artist ever has a song that's like, eh, everybody, you know, is fake. Everyone wants me now. I mean, like, that's it. Really, is the truth. And take it from someone who wasn't even ever anybody big, but in my community, you know, like I was, you know, decent fans online, decent fans on YouTube, whatever. But the only place I was ever really like known where people would see me was where I was from. And like, even that to achieve that, like was extremely difficult, you know, to get even the kids at the mall to be like, Hey, that's so-and-so, you know? So like, I don't think kids like realize, you know, what they're saying when they're, you know, they're kids. So I just realized, Hey, listen, let me drop a song, but make sure that it's the one, you know what I'm saying? Like, make sure it's the one that when you drop it, it makes a great impression. Cause I know that if it doesn't, I'm only going to get one chance to show people, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you get one drop. So don't drop that video. If you only had $250 for it, you know, like it's, it's better to save up for a year even and have the most epic video and have it be really what you wanted than to be halfway your vision. And you, you know, cause that way, if it's halfway your vision, you're only going to get halfway effort from your fans. Yeah. And doesn't it feel like when you're making music, like, you know, it feels like you don't have any time. It's like, I need to come out with this mixtape like next week. I don't know. To me, it just felt like everything was always like, you know, like you have to put out your next song because people are going to forget about you. I mean, I'm not, I, it's hard to explain because you know what I started, I sound like a freaking old man. Like when I say this, but when I started making music, man, I was like before even the SoundCloud age. So like a lot of artists these days in me are different in our approaches because Instagram even wasn't the platform it was back then. You know, YouTube was my platform like back then. I mean, it is now still, but so I actually didn't feel a lot of pressure because artists that put out high quality content back then was so fewer than nowadays. Now it wasn't nearly saturated. Yes. Everybody these days, you know, trust me, I do the artwork and creative direction. Anybody with a budget, you know, is, is good in my book and that and like and that's one you know approach that maybe in the past people in the industry haven't had but it's like there's too much money on the table to just to say no you know like internet money is like a very good example and i work with them you know on creative direction as well is one thing i learned was they were one of the first people to start putting out beats platinum you know selling artists like producers and they were just selling beats to anybody who wanted them you know, like whatever your budget is, hey, can you afford a grant? Yeah, okay, well, then they sell it. And they started building this empire of, yeah, we're building this on maybe mediocre artists using platinum beats, but it just kind of upgraded sound. You know what I'm saying? It upgraded the field. So everyone, you can't just have a good mix now. Your artwork has to be the most insane movie shit that people have ever seen. You have to have the roughest mix with the high pitch and the low pitch and the effects and the skits. And then you got to have a video that has animation. Like, And if you don't have all that, then you're just like everybody else. 
But back in the day, all I needed was a Canon 5D, a high quality video in a rooftop, a dope ass outfit, some blog connections, and you know, a dope ass you know mix slash song. And so it, it's harder for kids now. Nowadays, oh, yeah, I for sure. That, you know, only have like 4,000, 5,000 followers, but they look like movie stars. You know what I'm saying? Like they got the dress, they got the freaking outfit, they got the drip, they got the chain. I'm like, I don't, I can't even tell who's big and who's not anymore because everybody looks so, you know, good on the gram and everybody looks like they got it, it together. So this is where, you know, the kind of facade of it will come in. And that's why I kind of took a back seat because I realized all the guys in the front that look like they make the money don't. Like no matter what anybody right. says, like unless you're Drake or you're somebody who's selling platinum and you're selling out every tour and you're making every, you know, your collabs or hundred G's and all that. Sure. Every other artist that's like a SoundCloud rapper that you listen to, blah, blah, blah. They may be flexing on IG, but when they talk to me, they're arguing over a couple hundred bucks here and there. You know what I'm saying? Like, so people, sure. they, they flex when it's like on the gram, but you're behind the scenes, man, it's not, they're not as rich and they don't have as much, you know, to, to give you as you think. So, you know, sometimes that can mislead kids into where they spend their money rather than their career and spend it on a drip. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I feel like, and this is just my, like, this is what I, I noticed too, is like, you know, YouTube is like, it was so much easier to pop on YouTube before you know, Scooter found Bieber. Yeah. And then I feel like Matt Miller took the same route too with, uh, with YouTube. Oh, I feel like yeah. he was like, the, the rap, he was like the rap Justin Bieber when it came to like YouTube, in my opinion, just the way he just dropped video after video. And, uh, I, I feel like fans had that same connection with Mac that they did with Bieber, where it was like, you know, Oh, we watched him from his first video. And like, you know, they, they almost felt like they knew him in a way. Um, absolutely. so like, that's cool. Absolutely. Mac Miller is one of my biggest inspirations, bro. Like one of my, and for any, you know, white kid that comes from the suburbs that, you know, had a, a dream of being in hip hop or having a place in hip hop, loved Mac Miller. You know what I'm saying? So like we all, like, for sure. you know, I was, I was supposed to perform with him at least two, three times, you know, you know, shows fall through and like tickets and all that shit when you're younger and stuff. But I would, you know, many times, uh, I looked to Max Creative for influence, how I did my videos. I mean, if you even watch my own videos, you could tell where the influence comes from. I mean, not just Mac, but he definitely is somebody that allowed me to say, hey, listen, just because I'm not from the streets and just because I don't, you know, you know, ride around with like, you know, a whole bunch of drugs and shit in my car, you know, it doesn't mean I can't have a place in hip hop. You know, there's plenty of people that will have all different types of you know, cultures and walks of life these days. And like, if you look at hip hop now, it makes me so happy because it's so multicultural. Now you have women at the top of the charts. You have Asian guys at the top of the charts. You know, you have all Spanish, like it doesn't matter. And it, it, that's, you know, what music's about. I kind of hated it when it was like a closed community, you know, and it's, that's why it was good for Lil Nas X to come out with the whole country shit and like his whole movement. Like that's good for music because people will start yeah. pushing the boundaries more. And now how many hip hop people have you seen wear cowboy hats this year? Like, tell me. Yeah, no for sure. That. And now all of a sudden it's this cool thing because, you know, it takes that one person to kind of take that step. Yeah, no, I think Mac definitely opened the doors for a lot of a lot of artists, um, which is which is awesome. But um, yeah, no, another thing you said too that really caught my uh, caught my ear is you know you know that whole like alter ego thing that you said that you kind of took on and like you know you see a lot of people flexing on Instagram and stuff like that yeah. where you know they don't they don't have a ton of money but they act like they do. Um, you know, like I just feel like I feel like 
you kind of need that. Like when, even like when I, when I made music, you know, I, I, I didn't think my music was the best or anything like that. Like I tried making my own lane and it, whatever, but like, you know, I always was just myself. Like I, and you know, I, I prided myself on that, but at the same time, like that doesn't really sell. Like you need, you need to have an edge. You need to have like some grit. And like, I know, I know plenty of people who make really, really talented, good, purposeful music, but like, it's almost too good. And like, you know, like not too good in the sense that it's too talented, but you know, too goody in the sense that like, there's not enough grit to it. And it's like, you're not going to turn up to it. You know what I mean? You're not going to people, people want to look up to people and like vibe with people that like, you know, they, that are different and like different in whatever way, like, you know, like I, I just think that like you need to, you need to have that like that alter ego that like you know that even if it's weird to the people you know and they're like oh he's trying to be someone he isn't but to the masses you're you're the person that they want to like you know look up to in a way yeah absolutely and I agree with you I think the problem with a lot of kids is they just aren't convincing I think if they were convincing enough they could get anybody to believe what what they want I guess my point would be is like you know on Instagram you're right you can't if your shit isn't looking like you can flex or at least like you have dope you know maybe not if you're rich but as long as your content is flexing and you're, you look like you're doing something you're right you need that that's why it's so important to kind of find that in you know individuality and mix it with a little bit of clout and a little bit of, you know, personable, because what happens is some kids, I go on their Instagram and all it is is flexing, whether it's a car or it's penthouse view or it's a Malibu or whatever. And it's like, we know you don't own that. We know you don't do that. So if more people like to see, I feel like it's better for artists these days, like flex your skill more, you know, like if you're, if you got dope ass bars, like, don't make everything an audio, you know, beautiful drop record, like rap on your story. You know what I'm saying? Like people these days are gravitating towards these artists that just whatever they do, they go a hundred percent. Like that's why you see all these artists with tattoos all over their face and they have the weirdest sound and they have the weirdest hair and they have all this look and people are like, you know what? This guy committed to it. You can't be like, I mean, it's not a crook, but like, it's like the saying, you can't be a halfway crook. Like you can't be a halfway trying to make hard music. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if you drop that shit and people even smell fugazi or it's fake or it's like not genuine, or you really aren't like that, people will, they're, they're done with it. And that's, it's a great example. Like uh, the little Tekka song, you know, uh, Ransom, I don't know if you've heard it, but it just came out and like he did the rap genius video. And basically the whole time he says, like, I don't got two twin glocks. I don't have any of the stuff that I'm talking about in the song. I don't have any of that. But when I'm making that song and watching the video, you believe that I do. You know what I'm saying? So it's about being convincing. I feel like and just a lot of kids are like, you know what? I want to be around. I want to do this. But then when it comes to the other things that come with that, they don't really want to do that. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, I just think, I I definitely think that kids, you know, like kids that are trying to come up now definitely have it a little bit. I mean, I would say harder and easier in a sense because, you know, harder and so, like, you know, you have to be, you almost have to be like an an actor or a model to be a rapper nowadays. Like, it's crazy on that sense. But I mean, as much as that is like, you know, there's a lot more outlets nowadays than there was back, say, like when you started, like, you know, like just having Instagram in general is crazy, but. You know, just everyone. I feel like it's so accessible now, like that you could you could legit record on your iPhone and like make a song. It won't sound great, oh, but you know, it's like it's a definitely a two faced coin on you know easier and harder for kids nowadays. But just in general, I mean, this is a whole different discussion. But 
just social media in general. It's harder to be a kid in high school nowadays. <laughs> Dude, I if I had social media like it is now in high school, I feel like it would have been so much crazier. But the thing is, is that it, I literally, I look at social media as a beautiful thing and an ugly thing. And I feel like as long as you remember what it is, you know, I think that you have full control. Yeah. I think it's the people that lose control of what it is and what it really means. Like if Instagram's your money maker, then you get on that thing all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, cause I don't care. Like people will say, Oh, being on your phone all day. No, being on your phone all day these days will make you money. You know, like if you sit on Instagram all day, sure. I know kids make a thousand, a couple of thousand a day just off Instagram. Just, Hey, repost, Hey, this, I got this blog. I got that. And next thing you know, it's like, that's, it's terrible. We should be teaching our kids to learn how to do that. Then I know the kids, you know, like we were talking about before, spending 45, 50 grand a year going to a school trying to learn. Meanwhile, the kids that are just doing this, they're 15 years old, starting meme pages, getting paid 600 a post. Just they, they just get it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's where the world's going to go. And so you're right. It is, it's easier for kids to get noticed these days and, and you can get fame in a matter of two seconds. But at the same time, it's like, it's so watered down now. Everybody makes music now. Every single person and their mother makes music. And it's like now, okay, so we have a hundred mixtapes to listen to now when we used to have 10. How do we defer? They got to look like money. Or their Instagram following has to be bananas. It's like there's like three, four things. You're, you have to have a viral following or you have to have it just this insane look with bones through your nose or you dress up like a real life doll or, you know, whatever it is. You got to do something like that. And you got to have like content and extreme talent. It's like so it's like still hard for kids to fucking break through, man. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like getting away from that a little bit, you know, but with, 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 you know, all the outlets out there with like, you know, social media and just like, you know, the fact that, you know, we can have this, this conversation from yeah. across the country, you know, have you ever, you know, considered, um, you know, there's different aspects to it, of course, for, you know, just like, you know, vibe reasons and financial reasons, but like, you know, just for the fact that you do graphic design, which is something you could do yep. from literally anywhere, you know, have you ever considered, you know, leaving LA and moving so, somewhere else? So to believe like it or not, I actually talk about this a lot with people. Um, I do believe that I probably will never leave LA only in the fact that it's my, like my home base, but LA, it's hard to put, but basically like this. So in the world, right, there's a lot of designers. I know talented designers in Paris and Europe, and I follow them all over the world, and they're fantastic. There's one difference between them and me and other designers, and that is where we live. So they're with the ability to reach out, you know, over the, you know, computer and phone and set up, you know, chats and stuff. It absolutely gives more opportunities to people that are on, in other locations, but when it comes to the entertainment industry, whether you make music, you work in music, you manage music, there are two to three places maybe in the world that you need to be, you know, and that is L.A., New York, or, you know, maybe Miami, you know, Atlanta, if you're a rapper. Okay, Atlanta, maybe. That's that's it. You know, like, so every artist um, that I've spoken to that is in another country is trying to get here. You know, like that is like LA is slowly there. They've built up since I've lived here, like hundreds of apartment buildings. Like this place is surging. So it, it's like, 
the NBA here of designers. So yeah, you can play in leagues all over the world, but everybody wants to play in this one. You know, so everybody can get money and there's jobs, but they still are like, you know what? I want that big client. I want that, that client that's over there, but I I do, I'm happy that it makes money, you know, elsewhere. And I probably, as I get older, I'll probably get a property somewhere in a really remote place where I can just work and be creative. And I think that that's like really cool, but I feel like with what I want to do and where I'm taking it, I feel like graphic design is great, but graphic design is just, you know, the first rung on the ladder. You know, like when I kind of like think about my future, I'm thinking graphic design is a step, but it's not where we're going to stay. I'm never a guy kind of who's content. I look at, well, what's above graphic design? Okay, well, art director. Okay, well, who manages the art director? Okay, well, the CEO of the label does. Okay, well, who owns the label? Okay, so you got to be on the board of directors and you have to be executive producer of this entertainment company. Oh, okay. And like I start looking at how can I get higher, more responsibility, more talent, more control over something so I can make these, you know, projects and crazy things that I imagine. Because I've learned being out in LA, if you want something made, you need to make it because everyone else is trying to make the stuff that they're trying to make. Yeah, no. And I mean, definitely aside from clientele and connections and things like that, you know, like even just being out there a month and, you know, visiting once or twice, you know, like you can't, you really can't match that energy. Like I've, I've, I've traveled a lot all all over the country and, you know, like LA just has that certain vibe year round that, you know, you, it affects your work. You know what I mean? Like you don't, I mean, if you're in a place like, I mean, even New York, you know, it rains a ton. It's, it's like dark a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like totally yeah, cold. I just feel like it's, a totally different mindset. I mean, when you're, when you're around that every day, you know, it starts to affect you in different ways. Like you don't have a winner in LA. And I mean, when you do, it's like what, like 70 or so 60 or something like that. But regardless, that definitely affects you um, in a different way. So, I mean, as far as like environment goes, you know, that's yeah, the best place I to be agree. for mindset. That's because in the, you know, I always said like the air is different here. You know, it's like the cream of the crop. You come here, you flop, you leave, or you stay, you know what I'm saying? And I personally have come, I, you know, like a lot of kids, like you even said, like I came out, I lived here for three years. I had a hiccup. I had, you know, I ran out of money. I ran my situation with music. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of like lost. I didn't really know where I wanted to take my shit. And then next thing you know, I'm home in Boston with my family. I take like a, you know, a rehab of sorts from LA for a little bit. I stayed home, reset myself 10 months. I got back. And literally, it's like you get into the city and it's like you switch modes like you have no, you know, like you have no tomorrow. And take it from somebody who came to L.A., was out riding on a high, riding on tour, like so, like basically living the life, in my opinion, as a 21-year-old. Literally hit rock bottom, lost all my money, lost all my friends, you know, because you're in L.A., it's fake. You know, you feel like all these kids like you for reasons and they don't. And Next thing you know, you go home and no one calls you, right? So then the second time you get back to this city, man, you're like this city and me and that's it. And like, and if you're a hard worker, like I am underneath and you really want something like this place is like for you, because if you make it here or you're making a name here or you even survive here, you'll dominate anywhere else. You know, like it's like in the NBA, like I use sports as an example a lot, like if I'm even averaging 15 points a game in the NBA, man, I go anywhere else. I'm going to be a perennial all-star, you know? So 
and I'm only going to get better where working against the best and they're all going to always be here. So, I mean, they may be on trips to New York and Europe and do all these creative things all over the world, but their hub, their offices, you know, their locations are always going to be LA because like LA is the creative, it's, it's the music industry and it's been the music industry for the past half century. Yeah, no, for sure. And then something back you said about, you know, like the angles you're taking to, you know, get in touch with like these, these uh like art directors like that or how yeah. you get like to become an art director like do you do you, do you scour linkedin for that or like what, what's some what's one of your tactics to finding that so i decided to take a different approach i tried the corporate way i tried linkedin i tried portfolio i went to interviews i tried consulting for offices pharmaceutical companies you name it dude i tried you know to work there fashion nobody vibed with me nobody understood the hunger that i kind of had like it was a daily amount of work and then it was kind of like when that works done you're done like you kind of are just like a cog in a bigger machine and i'm a machine so i don't like just being a cog so i'm like you know what i'm gonna start my own shit you know what i have a couple of connections i'm gonna use the clients that i do have I'm going to offer some things to them, you know, like, Hey, listen, I'll give you a percentage here. If you find me a client, I'll give you 20% or I'll give you 10%. And I have a, luckily I have a few artists that have always had faith in my creativity and have always come back to me for creative direction. And I said, Hey, listen, let me start speaking into existence what I'm going to do. So I was always a person that said, people would say, Hey, your stuff's dope or Hey, your music's dope. And I would say, Oh, thanks, man. But I would never be like, it is in my own head. You know, I would just be like, thank you for complimenting me. But in my own head, it wasn't that good. And I didn't realize how bad that was hurting me. Like the lack of confidence, you don't think like you think, oh, I'm being humble. No, no, no. You're not. People aren't going to realize you're good unless you tell them that you are or make them believe it, you know? And so I started being like, you know what? I'm going to work with so-and-so this year. And like people are like, yeah, I mean, sure you will. And then I'm like, I'm going to try. And rather than, you know, just like other people do, send one message and they never answer again. No, I really tried. I went and followed every single person they follow. I found out their relationships to that client. Oh, this is his road manager. Oh, this is blah, blah, blah. Well, if I can get them all to follow me and get in contact, you know, there's more than one ways to get to them, you know? And I started doing that. I started speaking to an existence. And next thing you know, I started doing that. And I picked out five, six, seven clients that I, you know, were legendary that I would love to work with. And I wound up working with just because I did that. Yeah. Who, uh, so who's like your, your dream collaboration? Cause I mean, in your mind, I know that you're going to work with them someday. So like who, who's that going to be? Uh, so, and that's it. Thanks, man. I honestly believe that, you know, the people that I want to work with, I will too. Um, honestly, my three biggest dream collaborations, it always oh, a three way tie. I want to work with Drake on something. I would love to work with Drake on something, whether it's an album or a tour or, you know, whatever, just his merch, just anything to kind of like, you know, co-brand something like a, a movement would be dope. Um, LeBron, uh, I want to work with LeBron in the NBA. I, I'm getting into the NFL right now and getting some clients with some agencies and stuff. I'm also getting into the NBA because um, the sports world and the music world are so synonymous. You know, like people don't think of it that way, but they are. And these athletes want to make music and they want to do all that stuff. And so I just want to help them do that too. Dude, I, I hold on to that Drake line that I've heard a long time ago with like the rappers and athletes are synonymous. Uh, we want to be, yeah. we want to be us line. It, dude, and that's, I live by that. And my other collab would probably be Gambino. Childish Gambino is like the biggest inspiration to me.
Dude, I saw Lion King the other day. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I just did a – I commissioned an art piece for J.D. McCreary, the guy, the voice of young Simba for Lion King. I just posted it on my Instagram. That's insane. That's dope. Um, I also saw, you know, you did uh, you did something for uh, like the evolution of LeBron that got some attention too, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, LeBron's my favorite basketball player. I mean, I've been, I've been following him. Like, I know people say this all the time, but I've watched every single fucking playoff game from that dude since I was like 12. Like, like I've always been a fan. I've always been a Ryder Die fan. I'm a New York Knicks fan, but obviously, you know, them being so trash for most of my <laughs> life. I've always come postseason time. I had to root for somebody. And for the longest time, everyone rooted against him. So I was for him, you know, like, you know, fuck everybody mentality. Like LeBron's going to get one. And then, you know, so I felt like always that my career and him were some going to how like meet. And I did that, you know, that clip. And I was like, you know, I just want to pay respect to a player like that as it inspires me on a daily basis, not just in basketball and watching sports, but just like how he carries himself, how he sure. took his position and being an athlete. And he's made himself, he's not an athlete. It's more than an athlete. You know, like he's, I'm more than a rapper or I'm more than this. Like I'm all these things. And so he started a channel. He started, he's got his shoes. He's got his brand. He's got his movie studio. Like that's Again, my motivation is these dudes who just make money and they're so talented and they surround themselves with these talented people. So I definitely, you know, him, LeBron and Drake and Childish Gambino, all three of those dudes, like, and what's crazy is, is they all, you know, they're, they're work together, you know, like Drake and LeBron know each other and stuff. So I always felt like once I got myself in that circle, it's a, it's game over, man. It's like, it's game over once I get those kind of clients. <laughs> Dude, it's, uh, we got to get you on Space Jam too somehow. That, that'd be the goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, no. Um, so, I mean, maybe it is a LeBron thing, but what, what's been your favorite project to date and why? Probably my favorite project to date would be hmm, probably the chris paul uh rondo animation i did like that went kind of viral on instagram when i first dropped like dropped it i don't know like remember the rondo fight with the punching and everyone the spit gate everyone thought did he spit and they they hit each other and shit so i quickly was like i saw a scene in naruto and i was like it would be hilarious if i could put cp3 and rondo kung fu fighting like to naruto fight scene and so i just was like that's just something that I creatively just sat there and said, instead of me just like saying it, why don't I actually make it? And yeah, it's going to take me, you know, a couple hours, maybe a day to do it, but like, who cares? Like, I know no one's paying me to do it, but let me like try it. So then I made it and then I pitched it to ball is life. And I'm like, Hey, listen, I made this, I'll give you the exclusive rights to drop this. If you know, we can work something out, you know, price, blah, blah, blah. Next, you know, the ball's life, you know, owner hit me up and was like, dude, these are awesome. Like, absolutely. So like we, uh, you know, exchange information and I started like doing like little bits of content for them, you know, like animation and stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, on a, on a big channel like that too, or a big client, like how important is like credit when it comes to like a creative, um, a creative like yourself? Uh, honestly, like you're talking to the person who cares about credit, you know, like I really do. And that's not like, I always say this to people. I don't need credit. I want credit. So like, I'm not a person who like is validated by it. I don't need to see my name to feel good about myself. Um, it's more of, I want to get my name out there to show others 
that they can make a living and be in the forefront still being behind the scenes. Like why, because I do the album art, do I have to remain invisible? You know, like in the past, like if you looked at a great Beatles artwork or you looked at a great Rolling Stone artwork, you'd be like, well, who's the guy who did this? They would hire massive contemporary artists at the time, or they would hire some well-known person. And then somewhere in the nineties, when graphic design came out, it just became this kind of, let's just to get a photo, let's just type the thing. And it lost kind of the art of it. And now we're back in the industry where now it's artwork. If your artwork is trash, man, people will not even listen to this song. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's like, if the artwork is bad, people will not even give the song a chance. And it could be by Beyonce. It could be, it doesn't matter. Like literally if people don't see the name Beyonce on it, they will not click it, you know, because it's like, that looks bad. But at the same time, it's like everybody's graphics are starting to look the same. So finding your, you know, trying to find, you know, ways to push the envelope or maybe do something, you know, not the exact way it's supposed to be done is maybe a better way to do it. Like everybody these days is using animated programs, animated presets. So a lot of the animations don't really look animated. They look kind of like clip arty, appy, kind of like, cheap and so i started getting back to literal 2d animation where those lebron clips those you know draw those are hand drawn i did that like the old disney movies you know where you do the you know like the pages like i just did that and then scanned them in the computer and did it frame by frame but but same difference you know like and when you watch them you know in the, you'll see there's this authenticity to it like that old anime scratchy moving vibe that just gives it so much character I've been saying that for for years now with like the new Disney movies and how I wish they'd go back to the hand drawn animation. Yeah, it just I mean, has it's just, like you said, the more authenticity to it. Yeah, and and it's just like you know, and I I gotta you know some programs don't get me wrong, I love them. You know, like there's some programs, especially in the 3D rendering software program and modeling. Oh, please, like absolutely, I need the easier, you know versions of using it like maybe 10 20 years ago you know one person out of every you know 10,000 20,000 people could do it but nowadays you know I'm thankful for those but just certain aspects you know especially even when I see these cover design companies that offer you know cover art for 25 bucks or 40 bucks like those are never going to survive in the music industry for long because people don't come for cover art like that anymore it's almost like they come for the cover art like they come for the producer it's not just any beat they want a particular look vibe and they want the person who does the artwork to be well known like like drake you know or you know whoever is a big artist you know adele or you know like these big time kanye they want big architectural, you know, people, oh, I'm going to have Andy, you know, a Warhol's photo, you know, like these artsy, inventive things to make their work different rather than getting the cookie cutter insert your name and title into the song. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I've seen that more and more. And that's definitely, um, you know, it's just like the whole, the entire package, making it seem like, you know, it's bigger and then, you know, biting off that fan base too, which is definitely yeah. huge. Um, so it, you know, off of that too, like what are, you know, you see like, and this is another thing they probably teach you in, in school when you're going for design is like, you know, what do you, what tools do you use the most when you're doing like your typical just graphic design stuff, um, like animation aside? 
Um, so I'm uh, a big Adobe Suites guy. I mean, from Illustrator to Photoshop is my, you know, my favorite program. Photoshop is the first program I learned. It's the one I know the best. But, you know, Illustrator, obviously, um, Final Cut Pro, um, Adobe Animate. Uh, I also use the Adobe Photoshop 2D Animate, you know, tool. Um, I use a, a variation of apps, some known, some that I'll never, you know, show anybody ever because they're like ridiculous, you know, and they do like, if they had the right marketing that people could have blown up a million dollars, which actually even two of them I've contacted because I'm like, if I can get in on this app, you know, it would be ridiculous. Like, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like def- de- definitely, you know, um, a variation of Adobe, you know, products. Um, my MacBook is obviously like my, you know, my lifeline. It's like my heartbeat, <laughs> you know, I have my hard drives and stuff, but besides that, it just, a variation of programs, man. Like I'm finding new ones every day that even they'll have one function, you know, but I am a guy who will move a file through three, four different you know, programs just to give it a look that's maybe a little bit different when people are like, wait, that looks like so-and-so's work, but it looks a little bit different. Why is that? It's because I did something to make it different, you know? Yeah, I'm interested. I'm a huge, you know, this is a huge uh, tech thing for, for us and everything like that. And interested to hear that you said Adobe Sweep and you also said Final Cut Pro and not Premiere Pro. Is there any preference between that or? I mean... Only because I think when I learned Final Cut Pro, like I just learned how to use it, so I gravitated towards it. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, like when I was, you know, and and I'm kind of a guy who gets stuck in his ways. Like if I'm doing so all this work based off what I know or what I'm doing, like you know, it's not going to be so bad. Like if I use this over this, um, I'm getting into uh, honestly one of my new favorite, my two new favorite programs that I use are Blender and Cinema 4D. Um, but I'm like, you know, I'm not an expert on them yet, but I'm definitely like getting there and, um, I'm learning how to manipulate and do 3d. So I'll be getting into all those, you know, insane 3d, you know, cinema, cinematography graphics and stuff. I'm really like going to add that in my next year's portfolio where people are just like, you know, where I can start doing movie shit, you know, like where we can do like creating monsters for games and, and all that. Yeah, no. Definitely a hundred percent. So, um, you know, what, what exactly, you know, you said you're going to put in your portfolio, like what, how do you think like as a designer, you know, like what do you think the best way currently is to, to show your work? Like the way you do it and what the way I would tell you is social media. I mean, I know it sounds, you know, kind of like, you know, basic, but social media now like is key. And the key is, is, when you're on there, a one big mistake that a lot of artists do is if they're a graphic designer, they say, Hey, listen, I, I posted this on my story actually. And I got a lot of responses from designers like saying like, thank you for like saying this because I didn't know this, but basically like artists don't want to come, they come to an artist page, you know, people, you know, graphic designers and artists, you know, they create art, you know, just on the computer. And so they come to you and they want something individual and they want something that's unique and they want something that's cool. If they come to your page and they see that, you know, 
all you do all day is make fan arts for Nicki Minaj, Drake, Lil Nas X. I will see a hundred a day of people saying, Hey, this is my take on Kanye's new album. This is what, you know, people are spending hours and hours and hours and hours making free artwork for someone who doesn't care, who's never going to look at it, who's never going to see it. And maybe if the one chance that they see it, you may get a repost. They're not going to pay you for it. So it's like, why are so many designers every day spending so much time? Because this is literally like 85% of guys in the music industry that I see that don't have clientele are doing this. And I see their entire profile rather than spending all that time trying to find clients. So when you're on Instagram, what is stopping? Instagram is, is, a, is a million doors, literally. You're in a neighborhood of 100 million doors, and you can go knock on any door that you want. Sometimes people answer, and sometimes they don't. And don't spam them, because if, you, if I run up and I throw a sticker or a flyer on everybody's door in the, in the neighborhood, nobody's going to read the flyer because they're going to go, ah, I get these all the time. But if I walk up and I give an individual introduction to every freaking doorway and I go, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. I do this, blah, blah, blah. I have a conversation with them and you build up that habit like I did over the past year. I sucked up my integrity. I started reaching out to artists that were not that big on Instagram saying, hey, listen, do you need this? Do you need this? Do you need this? And next thing you know, all these kids were looking for me and they couldn't find a guy. I've been looking for somebody to do this forever. And I'm like, but there's tons of guys on here. Yeah, but they're not what you like, they're not doing it the way you do it, which is you do all different styles. That's the thing. You go to someone's page, they're all cinema 4D, it's all 3D artwork, or it's all anime, or it's all this. I was like, hey, why don't I just make mine an entire art gallery of everything? Artwork, anime, motion graphics, video, animated cartoon clips photos of myself like and that's who i am i love cartoons i like computer animated i like movies i like sports so i make my whole page kind of that and literally the moment i graduate i gravitated towards that genuinity and that not making the posts for anybody but myself and people that like my stuff it started blowing up and i went from getting 300 likes 400 likes a photo to getting almost 2000 likes a photo in a matter of a year just because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make what I want to make. And if I want to make myself with a Pokeball riding a, you know, Pikachu or whatever on my profile, then that's what I'm going to do. And like that literally, I made a, a picture one day in a matter of like 40 minutes. I didn't put much thought into it. I just put all my favorite characters. It's one on my profile. And that is like one of my liked and most viewed posts that I've ever posted on Instagram in all, like since I've had it. And it was just because people related to it. You know, like I always wanted myself to be in Pokemon or I always wanted myself to be in that Disney movie. And it's like, I just started doing that on my page. And I think the more you get away from people want to see an artist, they don't want to see a graphic company, if that makes sense. I'm not marketing myself as a graphics company. I don't market myself. I don't even tell people my business name right off the bat because that's not why they're here. The moment they hear the business name, it sounds like it's cookie cutter and I'm just handing you off to some guy that's just going to make some quick thing for you. But when it's me, it's almost like a partnership between an artist and an artist. One just is going to draw it and the other one's going to sing it and you're going to create something together. And that's where music's kind of going. Yeah. So, and another thing too is like, you know, when you have like, obviously, you know, you have your own business for, you know, legal purposes and just, you know, to be with yeah. it and everything like that. But 
at the same time, you know, like I see a lot of people who, you know, they manage, you know, it's just them. They have their own business for whatever reasons. And then, you know, they'll get a, a message on their, their business account or whatever. And, uh, you know, they'll be like, you know, for all inquiries, contact this email when it's all just them anyway. And it's like, don't make yourself seem more official because, you know, being a, an individual and being like a person and not just like a, and that's what seems like an auto response, you know, people don't vibe with that. Like they want to work with a person, not like a, a company. You know what I mean? Like that goes so much further than like, I see it more and more now where, you know, people are like, oh yeah, this is me. And this is my graphic design company. You know, you have to email this email to talk to me. And I'm like, just talk to the people. You know what I mean? Like, don't be like that. Yeah. And it's crazy. hundred percent, dude. And I will be real with you. I talk to if you don't come at me weird, you know, on like I will get some weird ass, you know, people message me like make me something, you know, and I'm like, what, what, what? you know, but, but, you know, those people I just ignore, but like the people that genuinely just say, Hey, listen, man, what are your prices? I love your work. I'd love to work with you, bro. That's one. It's money in the bag. You know, two, what does it hurt to be nice to somebody for five minutes? This is what I do. They took time out of their day to let me know that my stuff is dope. Why can't I literally take 10 seconds, even if it's a one word, two word, you know, emoji even, just letting them know, hey, listen, I fuck with your stuff or, you know, thanks for fucking with my stuff. And that's gone a long way for me. And I am not one of those people that kind of just shows you off to somebody. Now, I will say it has its stresses too, because I have 80 people on my phone blowing me up on the same time. I got 10 different artists. Pat, Pat, you're always there for me. I need this on the crunch time today. But, and it's like I got seven, eight people to be there for in crunch time. And you can't always be there for everybody. So it's like you got to pick and choose when you do it that way. But it really does go a long way. And that's honestly, that's why these bigger artists and other artists keep working with me. Because I am the type of dude that where we sit down, we smoke a blunt. We fucking chill. We come up with this artwork. We're not, I'm not coming in there making them sign the check and taking it out before I even, you know, think about it. I, I'm really, you know, open with, you know, people and letting them know, hey, listen, this is how much it's going to cost, but here's my idea. And people hear the idea and they're like, you know what? And I tell them, this is going to come out great. And I do take a lot of pride in my artwork because when people say, hey, listen, I, you know, I'm paying 350 bucks. I know people don't have 350 bucks, 400 bucks for a piece of art. Like, really? You know, they, these kids, they're working summer jobs. Like, I understand. Like, some of these kids are still not signed. They're, they're investing in their career. So I'm like, who am I being an artist? And maybe that helps me understand other artists better. And maybe that's why I've become successful in the position is because I understand what they're putting in. And so I return the favor and put in my best effort. So when they drop that artwork, they believe in it. They love it. And, bro, they always come back when you do it that way. If someone gets a really nice artwork and they love it and their fans love it, why would not they come back? It, there's no reason. Yeah, no, I mean, I, just from, you know, having the conversation, I could tell, like, you know, when you're a freelancer, you know, you, you really, it's really hard to turn down a job, especially money-wise, you know, but like, you know, I've seen people that, you know, like that do graphic design, like specifically album artwork, and they're like, you know, I didn't mess with this kid's song at all, but I'm going to do it for the money. And then they, you know, yeah. they half-ass the, half the project, but... You know, you seem like the type that you're going to, you know, it reflects off of you. And, you know, even if the song's not good, you know, you might get people to listen to it because of the artwork. So, I mean, I feel like you're going to 100 no matter what. Yeah, dude, honestly. And to be real, like, I do take that as a challenge. I go, you know what? This song may be kind of rough. Watch what I do with it. And that's what I kind of take it as a competition. Like, yeah, this song may be ass or like, you know, this may be, you know, because not every song you work on is going to be good. Right. We're going to make it look like money. So you know what people will say? You know what? That song's really trash, but that artwork, though. 
Cause see, that's all, that's all that matters. My, my work ends after the music starts playing, you know what I'm saying? Like I did my job. So no one's ever going to look at the artwork guy bad. Even if the song's bad, they're just going to go, you know what? This kid probably paid that kid a rag. The kid probably paid him a ton of money. You know what I'm saying? That's all. So it doesn't really look that bad. You know? So I never really looked at it as a negative. It's just going to line my pockets. It's going to make younger artists that look up to me look better. So I'm helping them out too. And and if and you know what's great? Seeing the growth of a lot of young artists that I work with that maybe were you know not so good in the beginning, and they become really good. And I can offer them advice, and you know, as I go, and I'm not just a graphic guy, dude. Like I really consult these guys just on the sound. We listen to the records. Like um, Jake Miller is like another one where he sends me all his records. I listen to them all. I let them know what I think, where we're gonna go with the artwork, what we're gonna do. And like, he straight up just lets me go, like just literally like tells me what he kind of thinks. And then after that, half the time, these people aren't even making me edit much except for maybe, you know, typo, you know, here and there. But like the overall gist is like, they're normally just happy and trust me with it. Yeah. How did you, uh, how'd you get connected with him? Um, so back through it, um, back in our artist days, uh, we did some shows together on a string, like on a little tour and, uh, we just met up um through mutual you know people we did some shows in new york and pennsylvania and um i remember him telling me while i was there bro your artwork is ridiculous like when i was playing in music and he goes who does your artwork and i said well i do and he's like you're kidding me so back then i did you know his artwork when he was maybe 19 and i was like 20 and then since then you know through the years he um you know, got signed to a big label. So he didn't, you know, his creative team kind of was not in charge anymore. And then now he's back in a situation where he signed with a new deal with a new label where he has more creative control. So the first person he called the moment he had, you know, creative control was me. So we could get back to, you know, making cool shit. And, and, uh, and it's saying, on, like saying on the same subject, you know, like, do you feel as though like now, like now that your Instagram is like pretty populated with, you know, work that involves like you know a lot of bigger name artists and just bigger companies and things like that do you think like you know do you do you think instagram is how most people find you to get work nowadays yeah instagram is like the leader in how i get jobs um i definitely get many many messages a day um you know of people because i've figured out kind of you know how to get to these people You know, um, a lot of these people go to the same areas looking for, you know, me. So hashtags for a graphic designer now, I know it sounds like kind of weird, but I started hashtagging and the moment my work started getting displayed on like the graphic design, you know, forums and like bigger pages started reposting my work, you know, following me, I kind of got into that niche now where I have anything I drop, it's going to kind of pop up in the popular, you know, you know, area on Instagram. So every day, you know, as long as I kind of keep new content coming, no matter kind of what it is, as long as it's quality, I kind of have been funneling, you know, people, you know, there every single day, more and more. Um, my engagement, you know, has tripled and quadrupled over the, even the past like couple months. And I, I mean, I don't really see it slowing down because it's a pattern. For sure. No. And I mean, just by seeing your Instagram feed, I mean, you've been landing bigger and bigger clients. Um, you know, I, I know I asked about Jake Miller, but how did the, uh, I saw the, the little Wayne and Bozzy project. How did that happen? 
Uh, so my uh, manager uh, of my music career, Jared Cotter, uh, is Bozzy's manager. Uh, so we are very, we remain close, like to this day. Um, I'm not signed to him anymore, um, only because you know, you know, I started pursuing other interests. You know, he, he had got a new company, new partners, and you know, things like that. But um, we remain, you know, he's like a big brother to me, and so he always. Uh, has looked out for me and always, you know, thought of me as like a talented cover artist. And now that Bozzy has become so big and popular, he's getting control of his projects. And so Jared being his manager, the first thing that he says is, Hey, listen, I know a kid who, you know, you want anime, like this kid's really good. Or this kid's, you know, you want like an illustration of yourself, you know, um, he'll make you like an insane one and we could use it for the song. And I said, you know, sure. And they, sent it to me. Um, I did two different um, versions of it and he loved it. And then they sent it to Lil Wayne and Young Money and they loved it and they were like, yeah, let's, let's rock with it. So like they that, that went really well. And, um, you know, to this day, I'm working on some more stuff with Bozzy in the future. Um, he has multiple people, you know, some of these artists like, you know, I'm who they go to for some things, but there's some things, like I said, that I don't do well. You know, like maybe photography. I'm not the greatest photographer. So if there's going to be a photo cover art that we really want a dope photo. You know, maybe I'm not your guy, but eventually maybe I will be, you know, it's like, all it all depends on, you know, where I can pick up where I lag. Yeah. Do you, now do you see like, no, say like Bozzy drops that, that, uh, like that album artwork on, on Instagram, you know, yeah. uh, and you know, he, he tags you or whatever. Like, do you see a big influx from that in your messages as far as like when like a bigger artist drops something and tags you as the, like the, the artwork? Guy. You know, you know what's really funny. Uh, back in the day, nobody would care, you know. But nowadays, when you drop a cover art, people want to know who did it. So, sure. uh, normally, I don't really, you know, I don't beg artists that I work with to tag me because, you know, again, I don't really need it. You know, they are paying me, so you know, I don't need the credit too. You know, like I understand if you're paying for something, you're like, that's worth money too for advertising and stuff. So I get it, but um. But yeah, I definitely believe that, you know, the artwork that, you know, you do for people, even if they don't give you the credit, people will find out if they really want to. And so I just kind of do the proper tags. I kind of just tag the artist and then I will slowly over, you know, the next day or two, see the dedicated fans find it and who did it. And then they share and then it makes other people aware and then your next thing you know you're kind of like oh shit so you'll go into your tag photos and say you'll be tagged in that album art you know by 10 different 20 different fan accounts 40 times so when people go to your photos and they see you've been tagged by bossy and little wayne like you know 100 times in your photo you're like okay well he did that artwork you know like you can so people kind of just can tell i don't you know and once in a while i'll throw one up on the gram on a story and be like hey remember when i did this one but there i do so many there's so many like that i would have loved to have shared but I'm kind of looking at it as now, like, I want to put up more of what I want to put up and and artists that I want to help get bigger and stuff rather than just post all the bigger artists that I work with, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, man, I mean, uh, you know, something that, you know, you said on before um, is, is, you know, jumping back a little bit um, on the tech side of things is, you know, all the programs you use. And uh, I think one of the best advice to give people that are even if they're in college now or they don't want to go to college, you know, like for, for this type of thing or really anything else that involves like, you know, just like software and stuff like that is, you know, just try to try to use what you're comfortable with. You know, like there's a lot of times where like I even went for like, you know, normal nine to five job interviews for, for graphic design. And like, you know, like mm -hmm. I've 
I've done stuff local, you know, like restaurant menus and like just things like that. You know, they're like, they're like, oh, so you made this on InDesign. And I'm like, no, I use Photoshop. Like, you know, and it looks just as good as if I did on InDesign. Like, who cares what I use? And they're like, oh, we're looking for someone who's good with that. I'm like, but you like the final product. So why is, why is it a big deal that I have to use this program? You know what I mean? So it's like, I think just telling creatives to use what they're comfortable with is so important. Oh, dude, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because that's happened to me many times where people will say, you know, well, we'd really like you to make this whole cover in Illustrator. And I'm like, well, I don't make my covers in Illustrator normally unless I'm doing something that I know is going to be blown up on like a tour bus or, you know, something I'm really going to need a crazy vector of it or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to use my shortcuts that I have vectors, you know, things that automatically vector things, even if I don't do it in Adobe. And, you know, I'm like, I stay away from those jobs because every job I ever took from those people, one, their creativity was eh. Two, they didn't really know what they were doing either. So how could they tell me what I'm doing? Three, normally it's just not worth the stress because there's someone out there who's gonna just let you do your thing. You know, and I what's one thing that I didn't really always think. I'm like, oh, there's there's so many people that need graphics. There's businesses, there's sports teams, there's schools, there's you know, like it doesn't matter. Like it's something that there's really no end to it. And we're living in an age where it's digital. Computers are going to be everything. Computer graphics and ads and visuals are just going to become more and more important every day. So I'm like, just like getting in the computers in the 80s, getting into this kind of ability to do these computer 3d graphic you know ads and things like that are going to be huge for the future and so using what you're comfortable with is absolutely what you need to do because they're not going to get the best product if they're forcing you to use a certain type of paintbrush you know what i'm saying yeah for sure i mean something with album artwork too like you said unless it's blown up i mean you know it's it's literally it's going to be Main, mainly one size, you know, I mean, it's a size if it's getting printed and it's a size if it's yeah. going to be on Spotify, iTunes, and like people don't get that. And like, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, no, using what you're comfortable with um, is 100% so important because, you know, like if you, if they make you do it on Illustrator, you're not as comfortable and that reflects your work, you know, it's just, it might not come out the same than if you're using Photoshop, but yeah. I, I totally think that's a huge, definitely a huge thing. And I, I just think, like you said, there's so many, there's so many different opportunities out there that, you know, in order to sacrifice your, your creative side like that to like restrain with a program, you know, it's just like, you know, you, you get a record deal, but you have to do all your songs in Spanish, you know, I'd rather just not have yeah, it. It makes no sense. And you're not going to enjoy it. So it's like, don't, I'd rather, I'm the type of guy that I took many, 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 many jobs that I had no passion for, that I had nothing. But one thing they taught me was, they taught me some fundamentals. You know, it's good to know some of the fundamentals of learning how to deal with some corporate people and dealing with it, but know where you know where to draw the line. So I'd be like, you know what? This is, you know, like I dealt with a couple of labels where they're, they're checking every piece of every star, every tree that I have in a setting that I've created for an album art. And I'm like, listen, guys, like I do this. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't, no one's checking the copyright on the one tree that I cut out of the park photo. You know what I'm saying? Like I understand royalties. I understand how it works because this is what I do and I know it comes back on me. So like, I, I think that's one thing that people always misconstrue. Like I'm trying to like pass off like, Oh, like, you know, you took this, where'd you get this tree from? Where'd you get the moon from? And like, that's what labels do to you. Like once you get into these bigger projects, which I didn't know, I thought, Hey, they're just going to trust you. They're just going to take it. Blah, blah. So now, no, I'm handing people files with, you know, 39 layers because they need every single layer seen 
accounted for? Where did it come from? And I, you're like, damn. And then other labels are like, I don't care. Throw the Nike symbol on there. I don't care. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's all depends on their legal team. <laughs> yeah. Curve it a little different, you know, <laughs> Yeah, but no. So, I mean, aside from that, just being comfortable, like, just like to, to, to start wrapping it up, like what, uh, what advice do you give to someone who's, you know, listening to this and they're just getting into design or just anything, you know, creative in general, whether it's music or whatever. I mean, the advice I give to them uh, would be, you know, the very advice that I probably should have taken, you know, like a couple years ago. Um, I probably even further than I am now if I had listened to it. But the advice would be to there's going to be a lot of distractions, like a lot. And people say, you know, I'm young and I need to live my life and I need to do all these things. And, you know, you have your whole life to live your life. Your 20 to 30 is when you pay for the rest of your life. You know, like people will spend their 20s trying to find themselves and then try and get it all together by the time they're 30. And then by the time they're 30, they're trying to establish them, make their dreams come true. Meanwhile, all the kids that were really trying since they were 18 have made it happen already. So my advice is to just work hard on your craft every single day for a certain amount of time. I'm not saying that you need to do it all day, every day, because obviously we all need to do other things. but you need to dedicate like two to three to four hours a day on your craft if you expect to be the best in the world one day. If you expect to even make you know a million dollars or I'm going to be rich one day. Like if you're going to be rich, people need to realize what it means to be rich. And that means you need to be better than 99% of the other people in the world. And to do that, you need to be literally working at it every single day. And I think that's one thing that people don't realize Oh, I'll work on it when I have a client. I'll work on it when I have this. No, you need to work on it when nobody's telling you to work on it. When you have nothing to do and you've been asked to go to this pool party or you could just work on it. And it's like, I always chose to work on it rather than go. Now, And I lost a lot of friends and I had a lot of shit. But you know what? All the kids that I said that I was going to do big things with when I was younger, they all kind of settled, you know, and they, you know, are happy. Some of them, I'm sure. And some of them aren't. But I'm the only person that literally is doing kind of what he said he wanted to do. And that's because I literally kind of believe when no one else did. Right. I mean, there's a saying too, it's if you want, if you want the 1% lifestyle, you have to outwork the 99% of other yep. people. And I don't and, think people I mean, it's realize crazy. how hard it means. <laughs> no. And I mean, it's crazy too. Like, you know, you see your friends, like you were saying, who like you were talking to back in the day and like, you know, you said a lot of them, you know, kind of settled for normal jobs and some of them may be happy, yeah. but like, you know, like with the stuff you do, I mean, as hard as you work, like there has to be a side of you that, you know, like it, you enjoy doing it so much that it doesn't feel like work. And that, and that's the key. You have to fall in love with the process, not just the product, the end product. Like I used to just love the final result and all the love that I would get from it. But now I'm falling in love with getting better, seeing my improvement while I'm working on it going, wow, I really can draw faces now. Like, wow, I really, my shading is getting crazy. Like I start looking at all the things like, and I've been recently like, you know, over the past like six months to a year, watching a lot of Kobe Bryant videos and a lot of his mindset of like every day, even though you're the best, you need to find something that you suck at so you can work on it. Because if you just start walking around thinking you're the best, I literally sit all day and look at artworks of guys that I want to be like, even though I may have more followers, more, you know, credibility, more clients, it doesn't matter. I'm looking at their work and I'm like, no, 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 this guy's fire. And if this guy had what I had, whether it be the platform, 
or the ability to just communicate or had the connections I had, he would blow me out of the water. So what do I got to do? I got to get good at whatever he's doing. So I get good at that. So next time someone brings me up against that guy, I go, oh, see, look, I can do that work too. But can he do my work? And that's normally where I get people. I can do what they can do, but can they do what I can do? And they normally will can do less because they're like, well, I stick to 3D or, well, I stick to illustrating or I stick to just painting. Nah, I'll do anything. Like, just let me do it. No, man, that's all absolutely so much true. So much truth in that. Um, so just, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll post you up, but let people know where they could uh, find you if they want to look at your work. Uh, yeah, I mean, just Instagram, honestly, is just like where people are communicating with me and I'm interacting with people. I'm, I'm going to be starting uh, a series probably within the next six months of me coming online um, on my YouTube channel and really explaining the process. I might even have some day-to-days where I go and meet with some of the artists that I work with. Um, the bigger ones and to show you guys kind of like what I do, you know, like I know people see the artwork, but you know, they're going to see the meeting. They can see how I build it, how we storyboard, how we get mood boards and just like kind of make it open the door to the process, you know, more. Cause I don't think a lot of people know how it works. Yeah, no, that's huge. And I, I feel like a lot more people should take time in doing that and, and showing behind the scenes. And that's something that we're going to with with build is definitely gonna you know that's exactly what we want to do is you know um you know just get the behind the scenes footage of people and get people to show how to do it because i mean like i know with music i would always be like you know i love watching studio footage for whatever yeah. reason i just i love watching processes and like it's just something that's huge so that's that's awesome that you're definitely going to do that yeah dude i mean anything i can help artists i mean i'll be dropping music next year i'm going to be trying to drop some acting slash writing stuff. Like I'm literally trying to be like, I want people to come to my page and be like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, what does he do? Like, like how did, like, is he a singer? Is he a this? Is he a designer? Oh, he's a designer. Oh, is he a graphic designer or is he a fashion designer? Like, you know, like, and it's just like, we should, we should just all be whatever we want to be, you know? And it's like, we'll just be called by our name rather than what we are. And it's just like, and that's what, where I kind of leave it is like, Everybody should just rock with your shit regardless of whether people like it or not because more and more individuality is, like, so rare. All right, so, yeah, so that's about it, man. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you sharing all your thoughts with us. Do you have anything else to say? Um, I just want every single person, I mean, whether they, you know, take the time to listen or not, that, you know, you really can make the things happen for you if you truly believe it. And you put the work in. And I truly believe that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you truly believe it and you truly see yourself and you do the process that will get you there. Whether it takes five years, 10 years, whatever, you will get to where you want to be. But if you don't and you don't jump all in, then don't expect anything to happen for you. Love that. Love that. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it all. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime.